And so being able to diversify with us, with subscription and ad sales and having at least two of the three or three of the three is, is uh, one way to, uh, to move forward. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of media, disruption, innovation, branding, all different kinds of stuff. We are back here at Mandalay Bay. I'm Joe Favorito. Scott Rosner is next to me, and we've got a pair of guests from two different places now, Scott. You know, it is, this is a high-pressure environment, Joe. I mean, we've got the two leading journalists in their specific sectors in the entire industry with us right now. Uh, Terry Lefton. Oh, <laughs> Terry Lefton, long-time sports marketing journalist long time with the sports business journal our industry trade publication of record joined by his former longtime colleague who has recently branched into a different direction john arand sports media expert leading sports media journalist now with puck and, and by the way recently visited capitol hill Let's not forget about that. There's only one of the four of us who's ever testified in front of Congress. And as I went back and forth uh, with John... Wait, did you watch that? Did I read the testimony before you testified. Okay, but you did not watch it. I, didn't, I did not watch it. That was paint drying. It, I, did, I did not watch it. I read it. Your, your testimony was great, but I, you know, I'd seen the movie at that point. I read the book. I didn't need to see the movie. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was, it was. I, I think I texted John. There was a, a little bit Godfather esque yeah. uh, in his testimony in front of Congress. That's right. It, it, it was. Uh, I'm going to sound really naive here, but that was one of the. It was so eye opening to me, just because when they say that Washington D.C. is run by lobbyists, it really is. Lobbyists knew exactly what questions were coming. They seeded a lot of the questions, and the people asking the questions, uh, thanks, we don't need the, the, the microphone in front of Terry Lefton, for goodness right. sakes. If I sound better, <laughs> it's sound the microphone is now, now in front of That's me. That's exactly so right. I apologize for that. But it, it, it uh, you know, they, uh, they called this hearing because uh, of a sports media issue, because uh, the NBC put a wild card playoff game and not just any wild card playoff game, a wild card playoff game involving Taylor Swift's favorite team, and they put it exclusively on their streaming service on Peacock. And so one of the reasons that they called this hearing was that a lot of those members were, as they said, inundated with calls and complaints from constituents who were wondering like, why they weren't able to watch an NFL playoff game that where previously they were able to. That, that is that is amazing. Uh, but your work really was reminiscent of Frankie Pantangeli. I was just going to say in, the same in thing. The Godfather. Giuseppe Pantangeli showed up behind. He he, he, he showed up. Um, not, not a John's children. His wife did not show up in, in there. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't say it was like Greg the Egg from Secession. It was. It was yeah. not like Greg the Egg from Secession. <laughs> all right. So we can we can go back and forth and banter and joke around all day uh, with 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 you two characters. Um, but John, we'll start with you. Um, so, you know, you we we get this email at the end of uh, you know at the end of or mid December, right, or so. Uh, announcing that after being with Sports Business Journal, I don't remember reading it without you being part of it, that you're leaving to do your own, to, to, to go off in a different direction with Puck. Talk about the decision and 
why you went through it. And we, you and I had a back and forth offline about uh, about it when you were doing it. I had gone through something similar when I joined Columbia. Talk about the decision to leave and to join. Well, it, it was an extraordinarily difficult decision to make. I've, I'd been with Sports Business Journal for 18 years, and I, I became very good friends with Abe Madcor, who, who runs uh, SBJ, and believe it or not, this guy to my right, Terry Lefton, like we've worked together very closely for 18 years. I stopped laughing at his jokes 17 years ago. Uh, and so, I, you know, there, there was a gigantic emotional attachment to staying with, with Sports Business Journal. Um, I will say that Puck launched, it's a, it's a startup, it's a well-funded startup. It launched two years ago, and they want to uh, branch out into sports. And so they, uh, the opportunity to build something uh, and build something substantial with a company that, uh, that has a lot of really dynamic, smart people working for it was, uh, it was just something that I, I, I thought would be really neat to do in my career. And so that, that, was, that was, I had to dis- decide whether I wanted to do something new, different, and unique or whether I wanted to stay with people that I have really strong bonds with. And that's, that's why that uh, uh, became such a difficult decision. So um, pivoting to Terry, because we're limited oh, on time. Oh, come on, really? We're going to leave it right now. <laughs> John, I'm the we ex- have to talk to Terry. I'm the expert here. Right. Um, I want to, I it's interesting, we went into, this, into the Super Bowl experience yesterday, uh, and you walk around and you look at the brands that are activating in there, Brands that hadn't been involved in the NFL two, three years ago, and if they were, they weren't spending money or creating presentations that were beyond belief for things that you wouldn't associate with the NFL. How, now that we're in Las Vegas, Terry, how has this event, from a brand standpoint, grown and changed just in the last couple of years with all these new players coming in? Well, it's tough in any market. I think it's particularly tough in Vegas because you know, the NFL likes to think they're good at cutting up, dissecting, and selling IP. Uh, or, or, or especially within a location. You know what? They perfected that whole process in Las Vegas, I don't know, 75 years ago? <laughs> so they could teach the NFL a lot about, you know, what goes where and who has rights. And I, I always thought it was an interesting um, conflict here. But um, in terms of the, uh, you're talking about the uh, Super Bowl X, which used to be the NFL X. I, don't know, it's, it, I think what makes that work is... I mean, the NFL always says, you know, 90x percent of their fans never go to a game. Uh, and, you know, it's 0.009 percent of fans don't go to Super Bowl, especially with the way prices are going. So, okay, what do you do for your family? How do they get to touch the Super Bowl? Okay, here it is. The prices are unbelievable. It's 50 bucks to get in if you're an adult here, right? And basically, you're paying 50 bucks to get marketed to. So that's difficult, but at least you can say, all right, I went through, um, I got some foam fingers from a sponsor, I did some toss things, I, I played some games, whatever. Um, and, um, you know, it gives the NFL something to sell their sponsors. So, you know, they're, they're happy in, the, in that regard. Uh, is one any different from another? I, I don't think so. Um, Toyota's making a big deal about being the presenting sponsor. It, it's, it's their coming out party as an NFL sponsor, so I guess it makes a little sense for them. Every market I ask every year, how tough is it to cut through the clutter? It's pretty tough. Here, it's almost impossible to cut through the clutter. Um, it's just, it's institutionalized clutter every day of the year. And the other thing is, this town gets 300,000 visitors if they don't host the Super Bowl. So how much is more? Not so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about this 
as in a lot of ways analogous to New York in, how, in terms of how yeah. difficult it was to, yeah. to break through the clutter. Yeah. Um, you know that it's going on, but there's other events here right now in Las Vegas as we speak, right? It's Lunar New Year, um, so a lot of people are in town for to, to celebrate that. And so when you think about New York, if you weren't in the fan zone and within the certain Times specific Square, block, just around yeah, there. Yeah, 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 certain yeah, yeah. specific radius, you really didn't know what was happening, right? And, and, and it's the challenge, as opposed to being in, in Phoenix last year or Houston or some other markets yeah. that we've been to in New Orleans next year, where you know Right, you're there, and you know that the Super Bowl is going on there. No, the interesting thing to me also about this one is just the market dichotomy, because this is my 33rd. So all of a sudden, wait, um, we're seeing POS with, uh, you know, gambling, gambling uh, brands on it, uh, spirits brands on it. I wrote something yesterday from some of the NFL old timers, and they were recalling Paul Tagliabue, the former commissioner, saying, "No, we don't want to do anything with fantasy because that's gambling." And okay, so they missed the boat, and never made any money off gambling. And now you see they're completely in bed with gambling. There are owners that have uh, interest in some of the big gambling concerns that are now sponsors of the NFL. Um, so it's, it's a lot changed. So, so speaking of change, just to kind of pivot back. Yes, sir. John, the media business. You're going to a relative startup. I can look over Terry's shoulder and see a sign that says Sports Illustrated. Um, obviously a little bit of um, change there. Uh, we've seen what's happened with The Athletic and The New York Times. New York Times has six reporters here, even though they don't have a, a sports section. Um, and in addition to the six reporters from The Athletic, who they will publish in the paper. Um, talk a little bit about, and, and by the way, we're sitting here in Radio Row with 350 outlets for various sizes. Talk a little bit about your POV on positives and negatives of where the media business is today and where it's going. That's, a, that's such a good question, and it's so hard to answer because not a lot of people have a lot of answers about this. I think the, one of the advantages that Sports Business Journal has always had is it was always a sort of a three-legged stool. It has a subscription revenue, has advertising revenue, and it, uh, and it does a, an incredible events business. And so being able to diversify with, uh, with subscription and ad sales and having at least two of the three or three of the three is, is uh, one way to... Uh, to move forward, um, you know, a lot a lot has been made of uh, Sports Illustrated and the problems that Sports Illustrated have and uh, has been going through. And I don't want to make any excuses for the current ownership, which is really running this as poorly as uh, you you could imagine. But Sports Illustrated didn't get to where they are by uh, through. It's not like they they were healthy when these guys took over. They made a lot of really. Uh, catastrophic decisions along the way that sort of uh, made them get to, to, to where they are. And we can speak from a little bit of experience, right, Terry? Because there, there was a time that uh, our, our parent company bought the Sporting News. And it, and it was the exact same things that I see about Sports Illustrated, where it's a great brand, it really resonates with consumers, and all it needs is some TLC, and it, you know it'll come back to its for, former self. And believe me, like well, we work for a good publishing company, and we gave it a lot of TLC, and we remade it, and couldn't do anything with it because that brand, the Sporting News brand, was a very, very old brand. It was probably a little bit older than me, and I fear that you know the uh, affection that I have for Sports Illustrated. Um, certainly isn't shared by my son, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. I, I have framed Sports Illustrated in my office, at home, in my office on campus. 
some that are still sitting. I don't have room for them, wall space for them, right, from different iconic covers uh, over the years. And it was a standard bearer. I think we all ran to the mailbox on Thursdays when we got home from school, uh, you know, to see what was on the cover that week. Uh, it was it was part of, you know, your, and then devoured it from cover to cover. Scott, I'm old enough to remember running for the Sporting News, okay? Because they were the only place where you could get out of town and box scores. That's, yeah. how, that's, that, that's how old I am. But I think to your point about SI getting probably too much coverage, there's a much bigger issue. I mean, the, the uh, regional sports networks are generally number one or number two revenue stream for any team, and that business is just going to hell. Yeah. I mean, they just, they're, they're going to, as, as it goes to streaming, much of the advertising will not go with them, so it's almost not a business. All right, so you're talking about your number two or number number one or number two revenue, if you're a team, going someplace you don't even know. That's really profound, much more so than SI going on. Absolutely, and so, and, and it really, it, ironically, we're, we'll, we'll get into the RSN yeah, conversation. Yeah. It's not an issue for the NFL, right? No. But it is for Everybody the else. other three sports. Um, you know, furthering the NFL's dominance uh, and, and uh, over, over all of the other leagues. But it's there's band-aids right now, John. Right, yeah. where there, you know, we've got this interim kind of holding pattern that we're in for the upcoming, ongoing, and upcoming season in, in baseball. Right, and then what's going to happen? Right now, uh, I'm fascinated by Amazon's um, investment into Diamond to see if it can help Diamond get out of bankruptcy and create a, create a solution for for local sports where Amazon uh, look these RSNs um, the Diamond going into bankruptcy is a problem unique to Sinclair and unique to Diamond uh, the NBC RSNs are still profitable uh, these RSNs still still like create a lot of money coming out of it but it's half and half roughly at this point in terms of team rights about half the teams roughly across the big four. Well, or the big, the, the, yeah, the it, big, it is half and half. Three. I think the yeah. point that I'm trying to make is, is that, is that uh, I th- the path forward seems pretty clear right now to where you're going to be able to subscribe, to stream uh, if, if uh, you, you have cut the cord, or you're going to be able to see it the way you've always seen it on a, on a regular linear TV channel that may or may not be called an, uh, an RSN, a regional sports network. And... Uh, and the streamers need the RSNs because they still print money, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, the RSNs sort of need the streamers because they're just so, actually it's not the RSNs that need the streamers; it's the, the teams that need the streamers because they'll be able to uh, to get in front of potentially more more viewers. But the sad truth is, the sad truth is, a lot of the advertising is not going to go with them. So if it's not a business, what does that mean? Does that mean everything's subscription? Um, it's going to change dramatically. We don't even know where. Yeah, and that's the problem. Uh, by the way, t- Terry mentioned uh, advertisers. I'll mention uh, um, also just uh, affiliate fees. And some stuff. fees are, are, in some cases, an extraordinary part of, of, of uh, an RSN's overall income. So that goes away. Some of the advertising, I think it's a great deal, goes away. What are you left with? You're, you're left with a subservice for the teams, right? Yeah, you're left with lower uh, player salaries. You're you're left with a front office that you know may may face some uh, some layoffs. You're, 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 right. <laughs> no, I mean. We're, we're, we're starting to see the mani- you know that manifest itself right. with a couple of the teams already, right? You see the Padres, um, you know, who have who have you know been shedding payroll, uh, and there's other dynamics at play, obviously, in San Diego with the with the passing of Mike Peter Seiler. Um, but you know, you see it in Minnesota, 
right, as well. Um, and so it's starting to rear its head. So, you know, I wonder to a degree, John, you know, we, we all, you know, are as students of this industry, um, go back and think about kind of that Rosellian moment, right? In, in the early 60s where he convinces, uh, you know, the, the team owners, specifically the, the Giants and the Bears who were the biggest rights holders at the time, where every, back in an era, for our listeners who don't know, where every team had their own, uh, their, their own media deal. Uh, and there were some pretty wide disparities in terms of the dollars of the day uh, between them. And how do you convince the owners to go forward with what he deemed league think, right? If, if the league is strong, the teams will be strong. And I wonder, you know, we're at an inflection point where, you know, it's almost like what would Pete Rozelle do, right? And can you somehow convince those who have that they'll be better off in the long run if they get together with those right now who don't have? What do you think, Terry? Do you think that the, the Steinbrenners and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs will be willing to give their money to the Royals? I don't think baseball's fair because baseball's always been independent, and a lot of that has more more independent. And a lot of that has to do with the fact they have so much more inventory than, than any other league in terms of just ticketing and whatever. And the importance of the market yeah, on, yeah. on the revenue stream. No, right? no, and, absolutely. And but uh, to, your, to your point... I have always loved, long before I worked at Sports Business Journal, I've always, one thing I've always loved about the NFL, and, and it, it absolutely goes to your point, which is that you've got the most ardent capitalists in America operating in a socialist so, environment. How uh, can you not love that, The socialist right? state right, works right, right. when it comes to sports. It, and it does work, and, and to your point, it was almost accidental, right? And so do they get more in that way? I mean, I mean the EPL works, and it's the, almost the antithesis, right? And they do all their own deals on a local level, right? Well, the, the EPL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, EPL is a little different. Yeah, I mean, in, in the sense that it's, you know, it's of the national rights, um, it's it's 50% uh, equal 25% right, based but that, on But they're negotiating their own kit deals, which is, this would be a revolution here. And those are big money deals. Oh, right? sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it, but we had the same thing a long time ago, right? Right. And, and right. It, it evolved right. into collective sale, right? But it, yeah, it's, it's the usual. I mean, you, it's it's states' rights versus a, versus a union, you know, and, and it happens at every level of every business and every political system, right? So it's a, and also every. I've always thought there was a good story. If, if you knew more, franchisee, franchisor, right? Every everyone. Oh, the the central office wastes money. We're we're the power. They're the power. It, it, it's always there. Yeah. First of all, I have to say, John has done an amazing job of moving the microphone back and forth between he and Terry. I've never seen anything like it before. I'm a, I'm a pro. There you are. <laughs> He's the broadcast guy, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He and Andrew Martian did it for years. I guess they didn't have to pass the microphone, but now <laughs> passing the microphone and passing the buck basically come, come back the same way. Uh, before we let you guys go, an observation from both. Uh, what are you looking forward to most, not at the game, but of the industry overall, whether it's on the brand side uh, or intrigued with? as to where we, where we are going forward, let's say, as we kind of turn the corner and go into the summer? Um, the RSN issue we already mentioned, I think that's, that's huge. Where the hell is golf going? I have no idea. That's another black hole. They're, they're two big black holes. Um, beyond that, um, Middle Eastern money coming in. Um, I think that's going to be a big issue. Um, you might have seen the first big wave of that today in... Um, uh, Emirates and doing it. Uh, they were they did a big enough um, 
NBA sponsorship deal that the NFL guys are a bit jealous, okay? And that never happens. So I think this is the first of a lot. And then what are they looking for? What, who will do business with them? That's something to watch if you're specific to sponsorship like I am. I will say that generally I'm not in favor of regimes that dismember journalists, generally. John? How do I follow that? <laughs> well, you are in D.C. and you are on Capitol Hill. I, so. I feel like I also have to say that I, I'm not in favor of regimes that dismember journalists as well. For, for the record, yeah, thank you. For the you. record, yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, Look, uh, the story number one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven on the sports media beat is the NBA rights deal, and how that shakes out is going to be a total bellwether for the rest of the industry, uh, and and how Adam Silver decides to take, you know, what packages he decides to take streaming, uh, what packages he decides to leave with legacy media, and how broadcasting. Uh, uh, broadcast networks and how cable networks and how streaming networks all all uh, are able to work together uh, is uh, going to be totally fascinating. And, and one thing that uh, Silver has been saying that I've really uh, caught up on is, um, uh, you know, you you brought up Pete Rozelle, you know, and, and you know he, he another thing that he did was he was a big believer in broadcast television. And so he made sure that every game was on broadcast television. Even when cable got so big and had so much money, he was like, no, we're keeping our games on, on broadcast television. Well, uh, and, and all the other leagues have followed suit. The NBA Finals, broadcast television. World Series, broadcast television. Um, Adam Silver's recently been saying that we need to uh, uh, rethink what the notion of reach is. And that is totally fascinating to me because... You know, uh, I was on vacation. I didn't cover cover this, but the WWE's deal with Netflix is a you know could that be a potential bellwether? I mean, when he taught, if you look at some of the uh, 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 viewership numbers that came from like the shows like Suits, which are what two two three years old. How old is Suits? I mean, old. Oh, like yeah. eight or nine years. Yeah, yeah, probably eight or nine years. You know, and, and they just sort of rediscovered it, put it on there, and and now now it gets a, a lot of viewers. Like like. Uh, when he talks about the definition of reach is changing, does that mean that he's going to start to look at a Netflix or an Apple TV Plus or an Amazon Prime as the new broadcast? Uh, it's something that I'm taking a look at. You don't, yeah. th- you don't think he put the finals on uh, exclusively on a stream, do you? Not, not, not this go round, certainly. Right, right. No, but uh, but the next one. I mean, who, I'm not going to predict what's happening in the media business beyond five years. Well, so. it's funny. We took off from New York on Tuesday morning. And when we took off, there was no joint streaming effort, right? And when we landed, there was, right? So what's your take, John, on the new, the newly announced uh, collaboration between some of the biggest players in the industry? I'm so glad you asked that because that is the topic of my first newsletter at Puck, the Varsity subscription. Terry, are you paying the $70 to get the Varsity? No, I'm expecting to continue to get free from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call a plug. Yeah, right? There you go. Friend, friends and family. Yeah. Puck, puck.news. Um, uh, uh, but it's, um, there are still way too many questions, uh, uh, more questions than answers. Um, the, uh, Fox and Disney have said that they are trying to get cord nevers, and they're not trying to take people out of the bundle. Um, I can tell you that the distributors who I talk to are furious uh, 
very angry and they feel like this is uh, you know a potential cable killer you know take and 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 they're doing they're setting up a package that uh, ESPN Turner and Fox would never allow Comcast to set up or never allow DirecTV to set up they've wanted to set up a sports tier forever and it's like no 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 we want to be on the most widely viewed tier but yeah. now all of a sudden they don't yeah i mean this might when i landed the first thing i started to do was do the mental calculus over how much it's going to cost me to if i do cut the cord because i'm still an old head i still got cable to c- finally cut it what do i need okay i've got this 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 and this I, I i think it's time right when this rolls out we'll see what price points are you know somewhere in the 40 to 50 dollar range monthly would would be uh you know a, a first guess on my end for where there's maybe some discounts early on and you know af- after you know a certain period of time it, it jumps up with annual increases as we've seen over and over again i'm still wondering john whether or not in the end the consumer is going to win in all of this uh you know what i, I th- that's a good question too uh, some people believe that it is because it's going to add to more choice. I'm going to tell you that that's to be seen. If you're an NFL fan and you have cut the cord and you're going to pay, what, 40 bucks for, for this, you still need, if you're an NFL fan, Paramount Plus, and you still need Peacock, and you still need uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, we got all those already. <laughs> <laughs> my, my cable bill is, and, and streaming services is off the charts. Expensive. It, uh, Scott, I have a question for you. Um, did Joe talk at all about an appearance fee for Terry and me? So that is here it is been negotiated. We have some very fine parting gifts for you. We have lifesaver mints. We have some cough drops, and we actually have a notebook as well. Some which cake I know, from New Orleans, Scott. So, so, we got some cake from New Orleans, and, yeah. and, and a, a Nickelodeon football. Um, oh, you know, you all, all sorts of things that we can talk. So everything subject to negotiation. Have your agent. Call me and we'll talk. I'm being told the Nickelodeon football is now off the table. By the way, uh, by the by the way, uh, uh, we didn't get your check yet for the SBJ subscription. We should expect that, right? Meanwhile, I think I built your guys' houses with these SBJ SBJ subscriptions over the years. I don't want to hear it. I think there's still money to flow this way. I'm paying a tuition for a Villanova University, and I thank you very much. <laughs> Cool. Scott, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been a lot of fun. Great way to uh, to spend some time with two good old friends uh, who really at the top of their, their profession in their specific sectors and in the marketing sponsorship side and the media side. Uh, Terry Lefton, John Aran, thank you so much for taking that. It's always so much fun to spend time with you guys and talk shop. For Joe Favorito, this is Scott Rouser. You've been listening to the Columbia University Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time.